Welcome to Trading for Keeps. This is Brian. And this is Michael. Today, we have a very special guest, the author of American and American Hedge Fund and the world's most famous penny stock trader. Welcome to the show, Timothy Sykes. Hey, thank you for having me. Well, we like to always start off with uh, a, list, a little introduction about who you are and your background. I think most of our listeners know at least a little bit about you, but can you give us your first interaction with the markets? Yeah. Um, you know, I started with roughly 12 grand uh, back in uh, the late 90s. My parents gave me control of my bar mitzvah gift money, thinking I would lose it all in the markets. Um, but I got obsessed with learning different trading patterns. Um, I got bored with investing pretty quickly, so I gravitated towards lower price stocks. I was in the right place at the right time, senior year of high school, um, turned the roughly 12 grand into a little over 100 grand senior year. Um, then freshman year in college, I had made over 700 grand um, and I was hooked forever. And what, what year was that? Uh, this was 1999 and 2000 when I had my first two big years. Okay, so you're right in the middle of the dot-com bubble. Yeah, literally right place, right time. Um, a lot of people made a lot of money, but they mostly lost it because they kept holding. I only traded really pretty much OTC breakouts. Um, so when the breakout stopped, I just I stopped profiting and I started learning short selling. And I didn't do that well um, the rest of the year of 2000. The first four months, I made like 700 grand. The last eight months, I lost like 10 grand just trying to learn short selling. Gotcha. Okay, that makes sense. And so you've been at this now 20, over 20 years, you've just been, you've been at it. There's a statistic that a lot of people have heard. 90% of traders fail. You've been at it for 20 years. What, what has separated you from the rest? Yeah. I mean, I've had losses. Um, I lost 500 grand plus uh, once upon a time when I believed in a company, Cygnus E-Transaction. So that loss sucked, um, but it, it made me more cynical. And I learned from the losses. Most people lose and they give up. Um, they let the losses win. I lose and I say, I never want to make that mistake again. And I have yet to have another gigantic mistake like that. Um, so I, I just learned from my biggest mistakes and I don't trade in liquid penny stocks anymore. I don't believe in any companies. I don't believe what management says. I took all the lessons from that loss and applied it and it's made me millions since. Great. I'll say, and I'm going to be full disclosure here. I am a student of yours. I was a millionaire master program. I did that for a year. I studied my butt off. And now I, I just laser focused on the two setups. And that's all I trade. And I trade those two setups. And uh, 2020 happened to be my most, or happened to be a profitable year for me finally. So um, I like it. What are your two setups? My two setups. So I trade an opening range breakout and I, I, I focus on listed stocks. So I'm missing out on all the hot OTC plays right now, but it's just, they just trade so different. So I focus whatever, on whatever works. I got Bryce in the other room. He likes that stuff too. Yep. And then I do the opening range breakout. And then I'll also do a, like a, a breakout put with a dip. And when they dip and have a nice little channel of consolidation buy the breakout out of that dip and risk off the bottom. It's whatever works for you. You know, every trader is a little different. Um, so I show my patterns, I show my rules and, Hopefully you learn from that and then you say, okay, I like this. I like that. And you take a little bit from every, you know, transparent trader. So there's a lot of traders who only show their wins. You can't learn much from that because then you don't see the risks and you're like, when you lose, you're like, wait, what's going on? So I show all my wins and all my losses and people can, you know, do what they want with it. I think that's great. And I really do appreciate that. And I think I even, I even learned a lot from Roland Wolf. I, I think a lot of my style matches up with the, what, what he is trading now. Um, but like I said, I mentioned that I'm a, I'm a bit of a fanboy. I'm a little bit biased. So I have my house skeptic here, Brian. And Brian has never paid for any stock advice. He uh, he basically, he's a he's Wall Street bets. And uh, I'm going to let Brian take over here and ask you some of the questions that he's seen out there on YouTube, on Wall Street bets, on everywhere else that's been very, very critical of you. And we just want to get it straight from the horse's mouth. So Brian? Hey, Tim. Yeah, so, you know, there's oh, a lot of... Interesting information about you on the internet. You know, you can't believe everything you read on the internet, but um, I think a lot of the general comments kind of boil down to this. You know, you know, there. This is paraphrasing one commenter, but there. You know, you know, his thoughts on anyone selling stock trading training or subscription service, etc., uh, are this: if they're so good at trading, why are they putting all this effort into selling some kind of service to others? If you're making millions upon millions of dollars trading, why would you waste your time selling it to some think some something like that to others? And if you really wanted to truly help somebody, wouldn't you do it for nothing or for free or for just a little bit? You know, are, are these all shams? You know, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah. I mean, I teach because there's so much BS out there. I teach because I had no teacher. So I recognized a need for just good, honest, full transparency. 
Um, you know, that, that's what got me into it. I, I was so pissed for so long that there's so much BS. I was a member of all these communities. Like they talk about their, their wins, but not their losses. They talk about their entries, but not their exits. And I'm like, this is, this is ridiculous. Like most people lose in the markets because there's not accurate information. Um, especially with penny stocks. You know, when I, when I first made uh, millions and, you know, I, my story was out there on Wall Street Warriors, people said I was a criminal. They said, like, I got lucky. I was a fraud. I was, like, using inside information. I was like, no, like, none of that is true. I'm, let me just show you everything. Because um, I started getting a ton of questions. And the reason why I don't do it for free is because I provide a good, valuable service. And, you know, that's, that's America. You create a product with a good, valuable service, and you sell it, and you profit. Um, and I also donate all my trading profits to charity. So I like helping the world. Um, but I do have 1,500 plus free videos on my YouTube channel, 3,000 plus free blog posts on timothysykes.com. Um, my trader checklist guide was free at first. Very few people even watched it because it was free. And I was like, you guys are crazy. This is an amazing guide. Then we started charging for it. And the, the viewership and the studying hours like tripled because now there's a value on it. So people take it more seriously. So it's crazy how teaching works. Um, if you just put out everything free, people don't put a value on it. They don't study it. They don't take it seriously. That actually hurts their performance. My best students right now um, are signing up for lifetime students. Like you can sign up for a year, but a lot of my best top performing students in terms of studying and now in terms of their own trading, um, they're paying me extra to lock in lifetime subscriptions because it changes their mindset. Now they're financially invested. They're, you know, investing their entire life. I mean, you can, you can take it as seriously as you want, but having that uh, commitment uh, ahead of time makes you a better student. Being a better student increases your odds of success. So, I mean, I, I can't study for people. I can't let people who are lazy in. Um, anybody's welcome to doubt me. I mean, I, I have a lot of doubters and I'm like, okay, ignore my rules. I, I've been warning about so many pump and dumps over the years. And, you know, I get in fights on Twitter and they're like, this isn't a pump. And I'm like, well, you know, here's a blog post that I wrote with 10 red flags. Here's why it is a pump. Talk to me in six, nine months from now when your pump crashes. And, you know, almost every single newbie ignores me. The promoters, uh, you know, have this hold over newbies where they believe in these companies. And I just say, okay, ignore me. I'm just going to keep doing what I've been doing for two plus decades. And then they come back six, nine, 12 months, hat in hand. They said, you were right. I wish I would have lessened. And then they're better students. So sometimes you need to lose. Sometimes you need to not believe me. And then you see what happens when you ignore my rules. I don't have any magic formula. I just teach rules that I've learned over two plus decades. You can watch the free stuff. You can invest more time into studying. I'm just going to keep trading and teaching. So I'll, I'll just press you on that. You, you know, you said there's a lot of other people out there that are, might be like, you know, fraudsters or trying to take advantage of people. So, you know, if someone's just seeing you, it's hard to say, you know, how do I know that you're legitimate versus these other people? They also have some interesting marketing materials and stuff like that. So how, do, how does someone approach that and how can they, you know, how can they make a judgment without, you know, doing that? Yeah, I mean, I encourage people to hate me at first, like be skeptical, bet against me, do whatever you want. Um, this is the, the power and beauty of being real. I show every trade over 20 plus years. Um, I show my income tax returns. I show my audits. You can see me live in real time. You know, you can do whatever you want. Uh, it's, it's fun for me to see people try to like disprove me. It's entertaining to see the conspiracy theories. You have to remember my first millionaire student, Michael Good, wrote a blog post about me saying Timothy Sykes is full of BS. That's how I met him. We go back and forth in the comments. Um, and then, you know, he learned my strategy and now he's made over $2 million. And now, frankly, a lot of people... Um, don't believe in how pumps work. They don't believe in my indicators. They don't believe in my rules. And then the pumps collapse and prove me right. Like, it, it's not like I know everything all the time. I don't know when the pumps are going to collapse. I don't know the promoters. I just know patterns. Um, and so when I start seeing my patterns, when I start seeing my red flags, it usually plays out. Um, and sometimes I'm wrong. You know, some, sometimes I have to cut losses. I lose a, a third of the time. And then I do video lessons on my losses. And the video lessons, when I, you know, talk about what I did wrong and I get emotional, maybe I overtrade. Those are my most viewed video lessons because no one else talks about it. So I have the easiest job in the world just being real in an industry full of fakes. I encourage you to hate me. I encourage you to rip on me. Um, you know, it, it actually helps weed people out. Like, it, it's kind of weird. I know this sounds weird, but like my biggest problem is weeding people out. So many people are like, I want to learn. I want to learn. But they don't want to put in the time. They're not really hard workers. 
and they would just waste my time. I get a thousand DMs a day. I want to be rich. I want to be rich. I want to be rich. And I'm like, okay, prove it. Here's a simple instruction. 90% plus of people fail to follow that simple instruction. They're like, why should I trust you? Make, sell me on your thing. And I'm like, no, like I don't care. It makes zero difference whether you believe me. It makes zero difference to me whether you're my student. Um, in 2020, frankly, and now the beginning of 2021 has proven that my strategy um, you know, works pretty well, especially in this bubble market. I can't wait for a crash. I want some time off. <laughs> so, so just out of curiosity, I mean, I guess one of the, I guess the fundamental question, you know, you could just be trading all day and making a lot of money. So why are, why are you teaching as well? I mean, couldn't you just be making millions of dollars? I mean, and just. And that's what I did before I got started teaching. But again, for me, my blood boils when I see all this misinformation. I hate all the BS that's out there. I hate all the hate on penny stocks. It's, penny stocks shouldn't be hated if you trade them properly and you, you approach them properly. Um, I donate all my trading profits to charity because I, I like showing that you can help the world too. Um, and also I have scalability problems. I, let me talk about that. Like I'll never be a billionaire in terms of trading profits because penny stocks, my best patterns, like I can make a few thousand dollars a day. You know, some of my students, I mean, Jack Kellogg made $400,000 last week. So he's pushing it more than I've done. Tim Gritani has made 14 million now. I've only made 6 million. So my students can push it a little more. But again, whether you're Tim Gritani at 14 million or Jack Kellogg at two and a half million, or myself at a little over 6 million, it's all like nothing in terms of Wall Street. Like traders make that on Wall Street in like a day, in an hour, in some of these more liquid markets. So I'm in this non-scalable market full of a lot of BS. Um, you know, I, I think that there's a great opportunity just to be real and to teach and to promote charity. Um, so for me, it, it's all just a challenge and it's fun. And whether I make, you know, millions trading or millions teaching, I think that there's, there's good opportunity. And just out of curiosity, so I mean, you noticed some dramatic successes there. I mean, for your average student, do you think like most people, do you think like, what, what's the typical outcome? Do you think majority of people walk away happy or satisfied or making money? Or is it like a small percentage? No, what's the I success mean, rate? So this is the thing. Like I, when, I, when I try to weed out students, it's not about making money. Like you're learning a new skill. Like you, you don't get into art and you're like, oh, let me become an art student because I want to be the next Picasso. Like you love making art, right? Like maybe you become the next Picasso. Maybe you become something great, but like you're, you're partaking in the art that you love. And those are the people that I'm trying to, to focus on and find students all over the world where they love the challenge of learning. They love the, the challenge of trading, eventually maybe making some money, but it's not right away. Like all these students like Jack Kellogg, I mean, yeah, he's made 400,000 last week, but he's in like year three or year four of his journey. We have like a three and a half hour interview that we did. And he talks all about his struggles. Um, you know, it, it doesn't happen overnight. Like right now people are making money. Uh, more people are making money than losing because of frankly the market you're in the right place at the right time no different than when i was back in 99 or 2000 it doesn't mean that they they're knowledgeable it doesn't mean that they're not going to lose everything if and when the market changes so i need to weed out people like who just want money right away i prefer students who paper trade who are willing to you know invest their time and money into learning so that by year two year three year five you know when, when you have mastered this skill or at least have experience then you're better prepared on every trade. You can't become you know, a millionaire overnight. Um, and if you do, like you have to be very careful because you haven't really earned it. You, maybe you got lucky, maybe you're in crypto. It doesn't mean that you're smart. So for me, it's, it's trying to find the right people. So you know, I used to post like stacks of cash, you know, my cars, because I just wanted to give people visual motivation to study. I don't do any of that. I sold all my cars. I don't take out cash. I post mainly about environmental and charity stuff because that's what I, I'm passionate about. And I'm finding better students. So I have no idea, um, you know, how most students do, nor do I care. I'm more interested in, are they learning? Are they studying? Are they capitalizing on this crazy market for their education? And then are they going to be prepared year two, year three, year five? What can you do today, this week, this month to be better prepared for 2030? That's the, the mentality that I look at it. So everyone who wants money, don't bother learning from me because I'm just going to chew you out and chat for your, you know, misguided mindset. So, so you, you mentioned something interesting. You kind of, you switched your style. You know, you said you were posting lots of pictures of cash and all these kind of, you know, Lamborghinis and this kind of, you know, style. And then you made a switch and, you know, it seems like that may have been very effective marketing to get people. But I guess, you know, what prompted that switch? You know, why, why did you make that switch? It was never about marketing. It was always about finding students. Like I, you know, one of my millionaire students found me because he liked my Lambo. I have students who find me because I, they like my watches. 
Um, I was always looking for the motivating factor to get people to study. You know, it, it, you're, you're going to study harder if you want like nice things. Uh, I'll tell you when I first discovered this, when I got, you know, I've been dreaming about exotic cars since I was a kid growing up middle class in Connecticut. I got my first Lamborghini. I was very proud. I posted it everywhere. Um, and a lot of people wanted that car. A lot of people were like, wow, this car is amazing. I did, uh, I specifically remember I did a 45 minute video breaking apart this one pump and dump, exposing all the lies, exposing all the red flags in the SEC filings. I stayed up all night. Uh, this was, you know, over a decade ago when I first got started teaching. I stayed up all night. I clicked publish and like four or five nerds like watched it and they're like, yeah, good job, Tim. Like very good technical video. And I was like, this is an amazing video. Why don't more people? And I had just got my Lambo. Uh, so I was like, okay, let me try this. Let me do a little test. And I did like a little 30 second intro with my Lambo. And I was like, you want this car? Look at how beautiful this car is. Then you watch this 45 minute video and you learn how to spot these scams. And at the time I was short selling. And I was like, you learn how to short sell scams. And this is the exact same 45 minute video, but with like a 30 second intro of the orange Lamborghini, four times as many people watch it. And they watched it three times as long. I think they, like the average watch time was like 36 minutes. Uh, before that, it was like 15 minutes. So I'm like, boom, right there. How do I get people to study? Oh, we prey on their you know, need for luxury items, their, their want of material goods, and that makes them better students. And that being a better student increases their odds of success. It was never about marketing. This is the biggest problem that people have. They're like, oh, you just want as many students. I don't want as many students. I prefer quality over quantity. I could literally probably teach millions of people. I feel like I'm like at the end of like, I am legend, I'm Will Smith and I'm trying to save the zombies. And I was like, I can save all of you. But most of them have the wrong mindset. So they're not gonna be good students. They're not gonna succeed and they're gonna waste my time. So you said you, you changed strategies on, on how you would do that. So, I mean, um, so I guess what's, what's been the effect of that change of strategy and, you know, yeah, I mean, so now, frankly, I, I, I was luxury enough for long enough where I'm like, okay, everyone knows, like I've, I've made money. Like they have the visual motivation from years past. Now I can be more like what I care about. Like I, I build a school, I donate, you know, 20, 30, $40,000 to build a school in Bali. We now have 72 schools with my charity. Um, you know, instead of posting a stack of a million dollars in cash, I post a press release about how I donated a million dollars to Pencils of Promise. So I'm still like using my money. I'm still like showing it off, I guess, on social media, but I'm focused on what I care more about, like the, the cars. I sold them all my challenge uh, to myself as a kid. Like I've already achieved that to me like this. When I got my second Lamborghini, frankly, it wasn't as much of an adrenaline rush. I probably could have more students right now if I kept just doing cash and cars. But I personally evolved and matured. And I think more people need to learn about charity too. I wish someone had taught me about that. So I'm trying different techniques. Um, no one ever told me, you know, like how much uh, of a frustration and annoyance problem you would have with these exotic cars. Like they were breaking down. I was traveling. I didn't like, you know, drive my Ferrari for like six months. And so it had all these issues because you're supposed to like warm up the motor and drive it. Like, I don't know this stuff, right? I don't, no one tells you this stuff. Uh, like my Lamborghinis got keyed over and over again because jealous people just like hate it. And so I was like, I don't need this stuff. Before the pandemic, I was traveling all over the place. So I love posting about uh, traveling. Um, and now, you know, I'm very proud of my charity. It's grown its own social media uh, with Karmagawa. You know, it used to be the Timothy Sykes Foundation, but I didn't need my name out there. So we changed the name to focus on the community. And like I said, I built 72 schools, but our social media followers have built another 16. So I'm always trying different techniques to get better students uh, to focus on, you know, to, to kind of teach what I believe in with charity as opposed to materialism. Um, and now using our social media community to really help charities get more exposure and more funding. So I try everything. I'm, I'm, I'm a trader, not just in stocks, but with um, teaching styles, with social media, I'm always adapting to seeing what works. So I know you mentioned you, you had the cars, now you're not using them as much. I think you've also gained a, a certain level of celebrity in that time. How has that changed you personally um, over the past, uh, I guess, decade or so? Yeah, I mean, at first it was fun. I liked the attention. I was like cooped up in a room like all my life trading. And now like people are recognizing me. And like, you know, when Wall Street Warriors started airing, I don't think I paid for a drink for like months when I was out in New York City because it was a TV show for like nerds who had like early HD TVs. So it was like all the nerds in like New York. 
And they, apparently, I didn't know this at the time. I was like, how does everyone see this little show? Apparently, it was like the number one most downloaded show in the early days of iTunes. So someone told me that. There's like some stat out there. I was like, cool, whatever works. Um, so I liked that initially. But then, you know, I started getting um, like a little too big. Like I, I started like doing meetups. Like one guy tried to kiss me one time. Another time, um, I had like a stalker who met me at the airport. And I was just like, whoa, let me pull back. So now I don't even post in real time. It's not as much fun. I appreciate the attention. I'm grateful for it. I'm not one of those people who are like, get away from me. Like, you know, Ken Griffey Jr. was my childhood uh, idol. And I met him, um, Michael Jordan, Wayne Gretzky at a charity event. And I didn't even care about like as much about Gretzky or Jordan. Like I, I recognize their legends. I went up to them. I talked to them. Both of them, nice as can be, had great talks with them. I was like working my way up to like Griffey, like, I don't know. I, my head was messed up where I, I elevated Griffey in my mind more than Jordan or Gretzky. So I waited. I'm like drinking a little bit, getting some liquid courage. And I go up to Griffey and he was the biggest ass to me. And I was like this, I literally was like pouring my heart out to him saying how like I like would go to his games like when I was a kid. And I just remember that. And I'm not saying I'm on any big level like that, but I remember how I felt as a fan. And I was like, so disgusted with his attitude. So I might not post in real time. I might have like different priorities now, but I, I appreciate all, every single person. And I just hope I can inspire them. You know, like I think social media and, and celebrity can be used to do a lot of good stuff. Um, so I'm, I'm focused on that. Like, I'm, I'm glad that a lot of people message me these days where they don't necessarily want to meet me or, or like get an autograph, but they're happy that they found a charity, like whether it's an animal charity or building schools or, you know, learning about plastic. Um, I do all the social media posts for, for, you know, my charities too. So I'm, I'm glad to try to promote awareness about so many issues. Well, I, th I think that's great. Um, I can personally attest that I met you in Chicago in 2019 at the, uh, that little trade expo they had there. And I actually met you just before the, before you gave your speech and nobody was paying any attention to you. It seemed like, so I figured, all right, that's my window. I'll go up there and I, and I got your autograph and I still got it. And I, I still enjoy it. Oh. Um, but I noticed after you gave your talk, there was probably a hundred people that stayed and wanted to talk to you. And I was, I was very impressed that you stayed and stood there and talked to every single person that waited around and talked to you. So I appreciate that because even my wife came with me to Chicago and she was like, you know, I always had this feeling, you know, you got to be careful about meeting your idols and meeting people that you admire. So I think you've done a great job. Listen, and I'm just things. an average person. I'm, I'm grateful for all the opportunity. I'm grateful for all the attention. Um, I, I don't think I'm better than anybody else. I don't think I'm even that special. All I have is a lot of experience, a lot of screen time. Um, you know, I have literally like three students in the other room. I got Matt, Kyle, and Bryce. Um, Matt and Kyle are now about to close in on a million in profits. Bryce uh, just passed 200,000. And they're just average guys. We're, we're all just average people, but we're utilizing the opportunities that we see. So this is why I welcome my haters. Like I welcome, you know, my critics like, I only have a few millionaire students, but that number is about to double in the next few weeks because it takes time to build the account and you need a hot market. So the, the Speed, how, are, how many millionaire students do you have? I mean, I have more that some of them don't want to be public about the money. I get it. Like you have like ex-wives, you have like jobs and stuff like that. But again, it's for me, whether I have five, 10, 15, like in the next few years, there might be a hundred. It's, it's not a question of exact numbers. All I'm doing is throwing out rules and patterns and then letting the market do its thing. All these guys, I mean, you would say like, oh, Bryce and, you know, Jack and all these guys are doing well. They've been studying their butts off for two, three, four years, hardly making any money. But now in a hot market, they're prepared. So it's like preparation meeting opportunity. Um, so I'm just, you know, some people say like, I'm, I, I'm like the Ichiro, right? Like I just hit single, single, single. And Ichiro had a long career as a baseball player, as opposed to like, you know, someone who goes for home runs, like, and take steroids like Sammy Sosa and, you know, Mark McGuire. Now Sammy Sosa is pink and Mark McGuire. I don't know where he is, but like, you don't need to go for home runs in the market. You just have to be prepared. Let the market, let the trades come to you. And the biggest money, the most success you'll make will happen in the long run. You mentioned earlier that you, that people like your losses the most. I just want to back up to that. And you mentioned that you took a really big loss at one point. Yeah. Do you, do you, would you care to share that story with us? Yeah. I mean, I, I did not know the rules that I know now. Um, I made too much money back in 99 and 2000. I was very cocky. Um, and I, I didn't have any big losses, literally none. 
Um, and then that continued as I started making millions. Like I made basically my first million, 99, 2000, 2001, um, going mainly long. And then 2000, late 2001, when I really perfected my short selling, 2001, 2002, 2003, 2004, 2005, I made millions going short. Um, so heading up to 2006, I'm like, I can do anything. I make millions going long. I make millions going short. And my best friend, uh, his dad had a company called Cygnus E-Transactions. Um, they basically invented print-at-home ticketing. And I was there, like, over Thanksgiving dinner, we're looking at, like, prototypes of, you know, to be able to print your ticket at home, pick up the, the ticket at a kiosk of an entertainment place. You know, I was at Six Flags with Mark Shapiro was the CEO at the time. He basically created ESPN. He was CEO of Six Flags. We're installing the first kiosk. We do the little print at home thing, like off a mobile phone, which at the time was brand new, like 2005, 2004. Um, and I was like, I'm sold. Mark Shapiro loved it. He's shaking everyone's hands. He doesn't know I'm an investor in the company. He thinks I'm like one of the programmers. I added another $100,000 that day when he's like, you're going to change the world. You're going to change the industry. And I fell in love with the technology. I fell in love with the opportunity. This little company want to deal with Six Flags. They want to deal with Universal Studios, with Disney. Um, they want to deal to make all Expedia print at home ticketing. They want to deal over 58 other companies. And I'm like, this is amazing. Uh, unfortunately, they had debts uh, building the, the company, making the technology. My best friend's dad was actually thrown out as CEO. The new CEO says, don't worry, Tim, this is a great product. You've invested, you know, this is good. And it became an illiquid penny stock, which I didn't even like plan on. I was just investing in the company when it was private. But, you know, for whatever reason, I'm destined to do penny stocks all my life. So it's an illiquid penny stock. The new CEO is telling me everything's fine. I can't even sell. I have too many shares. Um, and then meanwhile, while they have all these contracts, somehow one day there's an SEC filing. The company declared bankruptcy. Stock goes to zero. I have, you know, too many shares. I basically lose $500,000. I have a hedge fund, lose all my industry credibility, lost basically 33% in like a month or two as the, the stock, you know, just collapsed. Um, the new CEO who told me everything was going to be fine, somehow managed to buy the company in bankruptcy, wipe out all the shareholders like me, keep all the contracts, change the company name. Um, you know, a few years later, I saw it was sold for basically the equivalent of like a hundred million or maybe now 150 million in stock. Um, uh, you know, I could have, could have, would have, should have made like 20, 30 million, but I got wiped out and I learned the valuable lesson. Don't believe management. Don't fall in love with the tech. Don't take two big positions you can't get out of. So now I take small positions, liquid stocks. I don't believe any tech or management. Even though I actually turned out to be right about the company, I got wiped out due to bad debts. Okay, no, that makes a lot of sense. That's a fascinating story. And on that one, it sounds like you didn't even have an opportunity to cut losses. I mean, I was trying to sell some before, like I was trying to trim my position, but it was an illiquid penny stock. So I'm like selling like 5,000 shares a day and I have like a million shares. Like I, it just wouldn't work. Um, good lesson though. Yeah, absolutely. So you definitely are kind of an anti-Wall Street. I know you've, I've heard that a lot, how Wall Street hates on penny stocks. Do you ever regret that? Do you ever wish that you had gone a different route? Um, I, I'm happy with everything. You know, like I don't encourage anyone to be like, hey, I want to get into Wall Street. I want to get into penny stocks. Like It's a very limited field. Um, but I do think that there's a lot of informational inefficiencies. I think that there's always going to be small companies that pump themselves up and you know, whether they succeed or fail, their stocks are going to be volatile, especially in, in markets like this. So for the average retail trader, I think there's better odds of success in penny stocks than in other niches where there's more money, but there's much more competition. Like people are like, hey, what do you think about Forex? What do you think about that? I'm like, retail traders have no edge. You're competing against the, the richest, most knowledgeable traders in the world. You're going to get crushed. Penny stocks, I make the comparison. It's like, you know, playing basketball against midgets and I'm just dunking on the midgets because they're mental midgets. And they believe in these companies and they don't know any better. And so if you're meticulous, if you are cynical, you have an advantage on every trade. And I don't think that exists in any other niche. So limited upside, but I think less competition is better for, you know, people with small accounts. I don't think any person with like $2,000, $5,000 to their name should be doing Forex, um, should be trading like Amazon or Tesla. Like it, you're just, you're, your money's just not going to grow that fast to make it worthwhile. So I'm just curious, you know, we have a lot of traditional investors, you know, if you talk to them, they're going to say, you know, penny stocks, that sounds like gambling to me, you know, we should stick to my S&P 500, I should make my 8% a year, you know, 
this is these painting stocks are so volatile. You know, you could be up huge, you'd be down huge in a second. So I guess what is your response to those people? Is, hey, you know, just just put in the mutual fund, just set it away, and that's yeah, just what you should do. Yeah, I mean, again, if if you don't want to put in a lot of time to to studying and you just want passive income, I mean, the S and P five hundred has been the best index to invest in, and you grow your nest egg over time. You don't even have to spend any time worrying about it. Penny stocks. You do have to be at the computer. It can change very quickly. But rule number one for me is cut losses quickly. If you're trading the most liquid stocks, I mean, you can get out pretty easily if you have like a $2,000, $5,000, $10,000, even a $50,000 position. If you try to take a $5 million position, then it gets tougher. So you just recognize that there's, you know, it's not apples to apples, right? Like S&P 500, if you're trying to grow uh, like a $50,000 investment and you don't want to spend any time or a $5 million position, and you don't want to spend any time, fantastic. Make your eight to 10% per year. But if you have $2,000, $5,000 to your name, eight to 10% per year is nothing. Um, you know, you, you might be a millionaire by the time like you're 70 and like you can afford like a titanium new hip, but like it's, you wasted your entire life and you haven't utilized your small account to your advantage. This is a strategy utilizing a small account to your advantage because if you have the time, which frankly many people do, now that you're stuck at home, maybe you lost your job, you can, use that niche. You can recognize that it is possible to make a few hundred or a few thousand dollars in a day with these volatile stocks. And you cut your losses quickly. You know, Bryce, um, Matt, and Kyle, who are in the other room, I mean, we're doing ridiculous uh, $25,000, $50,000, $100,000 weeks with limited risk of losing $200,000, $500,000, maybe $1,000 on a trade because we're trading the most liquid stocks. So hate on penny stocks. I'm used to it. Um, I think it's, it's laughable considering, you know, if you really drill down into the patterns and you, you play by the rules, like, especially in this hot market, there's a lot of opportunity back in 2017, 2016, 2018, we didn't have that hot of a market 2019, you know, you had a little crypto, a little weed craze. Now, you know, 2020 was just my best year ever. Um, 2021 has started out as an even better year. So, um, recognizing the market goes in and out of favor for traders. Um, but I, I think that, you know, you're an absolute moron to ignore this volatility and this opportunity if you have a small account and if you're prepared right now. Sure. Yeah. I, I maybe just one quick follow-up. So, you know, you have, a, I think a lot of people with small accounts that doesn't really appeal to them. Right. But then if they're trying to, you know, pay for a class or pay for advice that obviously takes away from the money that they could be used, you know, for trading. Right. So I guess, how would you balance that? You know, if I'm taking a significant portion of the sum that I could be using trading, you know, instead of just, why not just go out there and spend that, you know, versus, you know, trying to educate myself, I guess. Yeah. I don't think you should ever pay for advice. I mean, I, I don't give financial advice. I show lessons, I show patterns. Um, and again, I have 1500 plus free videos on my YouTube channel. So start there, like look at what's happening and see the opportunities. Um, but at the same time, I think it's a big mistake to not invest in your education. I think it's a big mistake not to invest in the proper tools. Um, I know a lot of people who use like Robinhood because they don't want to pay the $5 commissions on E-Trade, but Robinhood doesn't even allow you to trade a lot of the best penny stocks every day. So you're missing out. You're trying to save your $5 and you're missing out on a $500 profit on a gimme pattern. Um, you know, I know a lot of coupon clippers where they're like, oh, that, that costs money. I don't know any coupon clippers who become multimillionaires overnight. Maybe if you clip enough coupons and you, you know, save enough over 20, 50 years, maybe all that coupon clipping and frugality pays off. But for me, when the market is so hot, you want to partake. If the market is hot right now, which frankly, in the speculative world of, you know, penny stocks, of crypto, of Pokemon, all the most speculative junk in the world is running. And if you're investing in your S&P 500, eight to 10% per year, I think we might've even already done eight to 10% this year on the S&P, like it's, it's madness. Um, I'm just partaking in volatility and you should be definitely scared of the volatility if you're unprepared and you should use that you know, fear to motivate yourself to study harder. And it doesn't even matter, even if you are interested in only eight to 10% per year in the S&P on average, you should still learn about other niches. It's not just about making money. It's about knowledge. It blows my mind that we have this new technology, which literally none of this, I mean, we're talking here, this would not have been possible five years ago. All these videos would not have been possible 10 years ago. So forget about just the market, forget about just the education or, you know, having a thousand, two thousand or $10,000 to your name. We are in this unique time in history where this is the first decade 
ever in the history of mankind where you can learn faster than ever before. It astounds me that more people are not interested in learning. You think it's all about money. It's not. It's all about education. The more education, the more strategies, the more knowledge you have, that increases your odds of success over time. But people just want money. They don't want education. I get messages every day. Yeah, Tim, I see you have a lot of stuff to study. Give me one stock and then I'll study. And I'm like, no, it doesn't work like that. I don't care about any one stock. Even if I give you the absolute best stock in the world, let's say it triples in three days, you would probably be so wrong and so unprepared, probably wouldn't have the right broker. You wouldn't have the right position size. You wouldn't know when to enter or exit. You would have no trade plan. So even if the stock is perfect, you would probably screw it up due to lack of preparation. So it's not about any one pick or alert. It's how can you structure your trade? How do you find your own best trades? Michael has a different pattern than me. Does that mean that his pattern is bad versus mine? No, it works well for him and my patterns work well for me. You have to watch everything you can from transparent traders and find what works best for you. It's a whole different attitude shift. And this is why, frankly, I'm, I'm doing this podcast with you. Thank you guys for the opportunity to get people to have the right mindset. People just want money, money, money. 90% plus of traders lose because they're not preparing. Not that trading is so hard. They just have the wrong mindset. They think that the money owes them, uh, the market owes them money. It doesn't. The market owes you nothing. You are owed nothing in life. And if you think that the market owes you, if you think that you deserve money, you will go down like 90% of traders do, lose, fail, hate penny stocks, hate trading, and go, you know, just waste all this opportunity due to your own laziness. No, I can, I can vouch that I think people do have that. After, I recently left my full-time job to work in the market, both uh, doing some writing, doing trading, uh, just a variety of things. And people have reached out to me on LinkedIn and say, oh, tell me all about, tell me about Bitcoin. I said, oh, great. You know what? We interviewed somebody that's a Bitcoin expert, knows more than anybody. Let me give you a link to that, uh, that podcast. And they don't listen to it. So, well, to be fair, I wouldn't listen to a Bitcoin podcast either because they're just going to be fanatical about how, how up it goes and they'll give 30 reasons why it should go parabolic and why it should go to a million, uh, you know, right away. I mean, there's, there's not much in terms of strategy for, for Bitcoin. They're just making the case of like why supply and demand is so out of whack. For me, I, I want to focus on the nuances. I want to focus on the nitty gritty. That's where the most success is. It's not about any one pick or any one technology. It's learning these patterns and like psychology. A lot of this is psychology, right? Like even if you're in the best stock, even if you're in the right sector, trading can get very scary, right? Like for most people, the S&P 500 is probably best because they just don't want to work hard enough on their own psychology, their own process. So, so I think you raised some interesting points. I mean, I think this year has been a rise of the retail investors. And I think, you know, I'm on Reddit a lot, you know, I'm at home, you know, I'm browsing the web and, you know, you see these, you know, Reddit's been pumping Tesla since day one. They've been pumping, you know, uh, Palantir. They were in Neo, and now the, the big thing is this GME uh, GameStop squeeze that you, you're probably aware of. And, you know, and it, it seems like I don't know the, the 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 internet mob seems to be doing pretty well these days. They've caused a kind of a massive short squeeze. But I'm assuming that you know, if you've been in this, you, you must feel like you're a genius. You must feel like you're great. I mean, I guess what are your thoughts on the success of all these retail investors now, and you know, I guess the rise of you know Reddit and the internet of being yeah. able to like really make manipulate the market, you know, make them. Yeah, I mean, like, what is it? Like stonks never go down. Like it's like Chris Saka had a great tweet where he's like, if you got into trading in the last year, like you're not a genius, you're not good at it. You're just lucky. Um, and that's the reality of the situation. People are in the right place at the right time, but they don't have the preparation. They don't have the mindset. They don't have the strategy. They don't have the risk management. So when the market changes as it inevitably will, they will all get crushed. So for me right now, I'm trying to get the word out being like, you're not that smart. You're lucky. You're in the right place. It's exactly where I was back in 99 and 2000. But even back then, I didn't lose a lot. I, I was planting the seeds to my own destruction years later. But I didn't lose a lot because I, I only focused on one pattern. So all these people, they're not focused on patterns. They're believing in GameStop. They're believing in Tesla. They're believing in crypto. They, know, they care nothing about technical analysis or risk management. Um, so I think it's very dangerous to, to believe in this hype. Although you will be rewarded at least right now and you have been rewarded in the past few months. So I'm trying to teach people, I'm like, no, the money that you're making, this is bad money. You're learning bad habits. You're planting the seeds to your own destruction. People are like, you're just jealous. I'm going to keep making it. And you know, I, I totally underestimated this market. I've underestimated all the hype on Tesla, on crypto, on Neo, on GameStop. Um, 
but I just, I know my patterns, even though I've underestimated it and missed out on these bigger runs, I don't care. I'm making my own record profits in my own niche. Um, but I think that it's very dangerous to follow the crowd um, and, and join the mob. Like, you know, mob strategy is not a lasting strategy as we've seen, you know, in politics. It's, it's, it's very hot and then it's very not and it can lead to some um, dangerous consequences. So, you know, right now, if you look at a lot of like the biggest hedge funds, the, the biggest market veterans, they're all warning this is a bubble, this will all end. All the new people um, are just like, shut up old timers, we're having fun. And, you know, the, the old timers aren't going to be wrong. We just don't know how long this mania is going to last. We have so much stimulus. There's so much money. Um, very similar to 99 and 2000 when E-Trade was delivering all these newbies to the market because of the low cost uh, pricing. Robinhood and now all this, you know, free commissions um, and stimulus checks are, are all flooding into the market. So I don't know what's going to happen. Something will, will cause a, a crash in the next few months or years. But I just take it one day, one trade at a time. I think that's an interesting point. I think, you know, there's a lot of people have always been calling for a crash. And I mean, I think there's been a lot of, you know, talk about it being, you know, I guess we're in a, we're in a bubble, you know, we're in a bubble, but I guess it's always a matter of timing, right? You know, you keep saying that eventually you have to be right. I would assume, right. You know, it has to happen. I mean, you just, I don't know, maybe, maybe it doesn't have to be a, a sharp crash. Sometimes, you know, like if you're blowing up a balloon and you just let the air out gradually, you don't have to pop a balloon. Um, so I, I don't know how it ends. I, I literally am grateful for every single day. Um, for the opportunities to maximize my education for the trading opportunities. Um, and I think that's how you have to look at it. I think if you're, you're counting down the days for any uh, hypothetical crash, I think that's, that's a mistake. And short sellers are paying the price. Like on GameStop, I know a lot of short sellers who are just hurting. And a lot of these stocks, like, you know, it's just ridiculous. I don't know if you saw Elon Musk uh, tweeted, use Signal a few days ago, and SIGL went from one to seven. CNBC did a whole takedown expose on it. I guarantee some short seller uh, tipped it to CNBC to get the article written. Business Insider wrote an article over the weekend. And then what happened on Monday? All the short sellers thought it was going to crash because it was a case of mistaken identity. Instead, it goes from seven to 70 in about an hour, a giant short squeeze. So you never want to underestimate how high these manias uh, can run or how fast they can go. This is frankly why, um, you know, I'm tired all the time. I'm tired right now. I'm sorry for rubbing my eyes, but I'll be real with you. I need a day off. I need a week off. I need a year off. I hope that there's a gigantic depression and, you know, I'm put out of business for five years and I can just relax and enjoy, you know, the fruits of all my labor. So you've been at this for well over 20 years. You mentioned 2020, your best year ever. Congratulations on that, by the way. Uh, you managed to do a lot of good work for the charities. I do want to talk about that. $2 million, I dollars, to donated. Two million dollars donated, 1.1 million of my own trading profits. And then my charity community, we did some Facebook fundraisers. We have charity merch. This is charity merch. This is made out of plastic, recycled water bottles. So we're selling uh, merch. I'm, I'm most proud of that. Sorry we'll definitely, we're going to link, we're going to link to your charity uh, in the show notes. Um, but I did want to ask if you could go back and tell 18 year old Tim something, what, what would it be? Stop eating so many carbs. It's going to catch up to you when you're 30. Um, that workout more. And again, th this whole thing where it's, it's not focused on how much money you can make so quickly. It's how much education can you get so that you're the best prepared when there's opportunity. Um, my heart literally bleeds for people who are just getting into trading right now, seeing this mania, not having three, four, five years experience, like all my top students who are achieving the most right now have. If you're just getting in right now, I mean, I'm trading a dozen times a day, which is a lot for me, you know, and I could trade two or three dozen times a day. Like I, it's just as, as fast as I can type. Like that's how the market is right now. Um, if I was just entering right now, I would be very scared because I wouldn't know what's going on. Things are moving fast. It's very dangerous. If you have the proper perspective, three, four, five, 10 years, um, then you can kind of like be in control. So everyone should focus on learning as much as possible now so that you're better prepared in the future. Maybe you'll be better prepared um, in the next bubble, the next mania. Learn from this current bubble. Don't just focus on like trying to chase Tesla or anything that's up too much right now. Just really pay attention to everything that's happening and realize there are so many lessons right now. There will be lessons from now, from the, con the any potential consolidation and any potential crash. And then you'll be better prepared three, four, five, 10 years from now. 2030 is most people's year if they're watching this. All right. Uh, your charity, Karmagawa, I think I'm saying that right. You want to yeah. tell us just a little bit about it? 
Yeah, so it was the Timothy Sykes Foundation. Um, but again, I, I, you know, I, I didn't, no one taught me about charity, right? So I named it after myself. That's like what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to build stuff and like you get like a hospital wing named after you. But I felt weird every time I would go to like a celebration, like everyone's like, Tim, Tim. And I'm just like, no, I don't, I don't need that hero worship. Maybe most, you know, rich, uh, you know, nerdy Caucasians are just need attention and they need that like hero worship. I don't need it. Maybe it's because I was already uh, had the, the reality show under my belt. So I already had enough attention. So we changed the name. I brought on a partner. His name is Matt Abad. He's a great photographer. He's Filipino. Um, so Gawa in the, the Filipino language, Tagalog means to do or to make. So we're basically making good karma. Um, people don't need to like give me attention. It's more about the cause. Um, and like I said, you know, we donated roughly 2 million in 2020. That was a record year from us. Um, you know, in the past now total, we've, we've donated roughly 5 million in just a few years. Building schools, 72 uh, schools built. The goal is to build a thousand plus. Uh, we have two documentaries so far, one on rhino poaching, one uh, on coral reefs. We were in the, the middle of creating a new documentary on plastic, which has gotten so much worse during this whole pandemic. No one even wants to talk about it. They're just like, yeah, yeah, give me my, you know, clean food and delivery. And that's going to be a major problem. So we're trying to make the world better through education, charity, donations, um, and social media exposure. And we'll link to those um the documentaries in the show notes as well. Those are you watch them? Do you like them? Yes, yes, I really have. I I've enjoyed all the work you've done. I think it's fantastic. I um like you know, I, I appreciate the fact that you're an anti-wall street, you're not just out there showing off money. You're actually trying to give back money and, and make- is boring. I've done that. Like you have to understand, like I, I really enjoy giving more away and helping others. Like I, I'm proud to, you know, I live a pretty good life. I'm very proud to have bought my parents their own place in Miami. So I, I think that it's good to to have you know, stuff that you want to do for yourself and your family. But after you have a few million in the bank, like I said this during a TEDx talk, like you just don't need anymore. Like I have all that I can, that I can use and I'll never be a billionaire. I'm always going to donate too much to charity and that's good. Uh, do you, do you mind if I ask how old you are? 39 right now. 39 years old. What's, what's your future? What's your legacy? <laughs> Probably to be uh the profit of penny stocks, as, as some websites call me. Um, hopefully I can get people to, to trade them the proper way rather than believing in the companies or the technology, getting people to be more cynical, getting people to focus more on preparation. Um, I would love to, you know, literally build a thousand schools, you know, have a thousand plus millionaires. Um, but it's all comes down to education first and, and really hard work. So I'll never stop uh, promoting that. And I'll I'll, you know, enjoy using all this new technology, whether it's videos or podcasts or live streaming, uh, whatever we can do to, to really get the word out quicker. All right. Awesome. Well, I really appreciate you coming on today. We have one more segment. Uh, we always like Brian has a question of the day and he's just going to hit you. You mean the hard day. questions, Brian. You've been weak. What's going on? <laughs> this is our, this is our, usually our fun segment, fun question of the day. All right. Give me one fun one and give me one hard one because you've been soft on me so far. Uh, well, I, 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 you know, I think we talked a lot, actually a lot about the, the, the one I was going to discuss, but I guess there's a famous quote, you know, in the 1920s, you know, there's a, a stock trader. He says, you know, he, he kind of saw the depression coming when he said his shoe shiner was giving him stock advice, you know, and you say, so you see people on TikTok giving stock advice, you see people on Reddit. I'm talking to my, you know, coworkers who've never talked about stocks at all ever in their life. And all of a sudden they're all coming out of the, wood, the woodworks now, I guess, you know, um, is this, is this a new generation? Is this what it's going to be? Or you think it's going to die down and it's just going to go back to normal like five years ago? This is just a, you know, a fad that's going on. Like I said, I hope that there's a gigantic crash and I get years off. Maybe that's a little selfish because I would plunge the entire country into depression and I would, you know, do it just to, to make myself like less busy. Um, I, you know, wh whatever I say, whatever you say, whatever we guess, it doesn't matter. It's, it's going to happen whether or not we like it. Um, everything is set up for a giant crash. Uh, you just don't know when it's going to happen. You don't know what's going to push us over. Um, but we, it's good to talk about it to prepare people so that they don't just keep holding Tesla. Like I won't sell Tesla until it hits a thousand. It's already gone up 10 times. Calm your greed down. Um, you know, you're saying like crypto's going to a million, maybe, or maybe there's going to be regulation and it'll go back to 3000. Um, you, you really just have to open your mind up to the potential for loss and risk. Um, and a lot of people forget that in these good times, no different than, you know, when Cygnus E transaction, when I was so confident in it and they were winning all these contracts and I thought that it would last. And then the past, uh, debts caught up with them. And that's the, very similar to what's happening now. I think that there's a lot of people with the wrong mindset, 
Um, they don't have education. They don't have preparation. They're glued to how much money they can make without thinking about how much money they can lose. Um, and that's usually a recipe for disaster. So I'm, I'm with the veteran traders, the veteran investors who are, who are calling for, um, you know, just to, to, for people to, to be conservative. And I know that's tough. I know it's going to fall on deaf ears right now, but that's how I trade. You know, I have one position right now, just like a $20,000 position over the weekend. Other than that, I'm all liquid cash. Um, I think it's good to have cash, euros, gold, crypto, whatever you want, but stay liquid because the best opportunities are not when everyone's already in. Um, that's usually when there's the most risk. The best opportunities is when everyone else is panicking and you're prepared. So I think any giant crash that everyone's scared about opens up a lot of opportunities if you're ready for it. You know, my favorite pattern is panic dip buys. So if everything starts dropping 50, 60, 70%, I'll be like, yes, come to Papa. <laughs> okay. And maybe, maybe we're the fun question of the day. Cool. Uh, I guess what has been your, uh, your best, most favorite holiday gift that you've received? And, and maybe not, not including that 12,000 you received, but you know, I mean, no one holiday gets me gift. any gifts. No one, I get zero gifts these days because I'm just too rich and people know it because I talk about it. So like people are like, why do you get any gifts? Just buy it yourself. So <laughs> that's fine. I, I really don't need any gifts. Like it's for me, it's, it's gifts. Like I like giving gifts to other people. That's what I enjoy most. I enjoy surprising all my millionaire students. Jack Kellogg just passed a million. I went up to New Hampshire dressed as Santa. I surprised him with his own chain. He likes chains. Um, you know, now a month later, he's at two and a half million. It's madness. The month before I dressed up as a UPS guy uh, with Roland Wolf, he just crossed a million. And I surprised delivered him a new $20,000 grill. He likes to grill stuff. Um, those are my best gifts. Like th those are my best moments. I went to uh, Happy Heart um, Sanctuary down in Pennsylvania. Uh, this lady, she takes care of all these animals pretty much single-handedly. Her name is Lauren. She's a hard worker. Um, her truck was breaking down every few days and she's like making videos like it has 300,000 miles on it. She's using this truck for all the animals. So we uh, talked with a, a local car dealer, uh, Boo Chases, Rancho Relaxo is another animal sanctuary that we donate to. Um, she helped me set it up. Her name is Caitlin. And we drove over there. I was dressed up as Santa again. And we gave her a new truck all on camera. Those are the best gifts. Giving other people gifts is the best gift. And I use the hashtag like giving is the new luxury. No, I, I totally can empathize with that. And uh, I have um, some grandparents that they're, they just turned 90 this year. And so every year I, I was like, they have everything they could possibly want. So what can I get them for a gift? And so what I've been doing is actually give them, they, they have gift cards for charity. So they can spend it on whatever charity they want. Yeah. And I've been using Donors Choose as the one. They let you choose right. a school to help yeah, out people. Donors but, uh, Choose is fantastic. Give me one hard question. Come on, Brian. Okay, I'll, I'll defer. set you up saying that you're going to ask me some hard questions. Okay, you maybe. Want. You gave me some like half hard balls, but like give me something like, is my charity a scam? Is it a tax dodge? <laughs> Does my dad trade for me? Like, am I actually short selling all the plays that I'm picking? Give me some conspiracy theory. All okay, I'll, okay, maybe I'll give a few. So I think one is like, you know, people always show their gains, right? Maybe not their losses is one, but also you can Photoshop gains. You can manipulate that. So how do we know that when, you know, you're being honest when you say you've made all this money, how can we possibly verify it? And, and yeah, maybe I mean, number, oh, go ahead. Sorry, I show all my trades, the wins and the losses. It's all shown real time, but I also have audits, income statements. And because I donate all my trading profits, you can see the donations from my charity foundation. It's a 501c3. We're working on the 2020 year-end report, but you'll see roughly $2 million in donations, roughly a million dollars from the community, roughly a million dollars from myself. So it's good to back everything up. And yeah, you, you should be you know cynical with people like Photoshopping stuff. But this is why it's not just about the overall dollar profits. It's not about any one trade. It's the process. Forget about just the money that I'm donating or making or losing. I can go over every single trade because I write my entry comments. I write my exit comments. I don't want anybody following my alerts. I want you learning from these trades in real time. Um, and whether I make the trade, sometimes in my chat room, I have timestamp commentary where I'm like, you know, maybe I don't have good internet. Maybe I'm out of it. I would be like, I, I would be buying this breakout here or watch this key level. It's the process that matters the most. And that's why I'm glad to show every single aspect of the process. Never believe anybody if they just show like an end of the week or end of the month profit statement. Like who, you could say anything, you could do anything. There's a lot of short sellers who short a lot of these penny stocks 
they win the majority of the time. They make 100,000, 200,000, sometimes $500,000 in a day or in a week. And everyone's like, I want to do that. But you need a specialized broker to short. You know, they're not showing the fees. They're not showing the risks that they take. And for me, it's showing off strategies that I think are good for newbies so that they can partake in these strategies and processes. No newbie should be short selling some of these penny stocks because you're unprepared, you're risking blowing up. So even if you don't blow up on this trade, it's not even about the profits that you have or the losses that you have. It's what is your potential risk? We've seen some penny stocks go like SIGL on a total case of mistaken identity. If you're shorting it because it's gone from one to seven, you're like, no, it should come back down and it goes to 70. Um, you have to recognize the risks and that is the number one problem. Okay, so, so maybe one follow-up question. We yeah. use the word pump and dump a lot, you know, in our talk. So, you know, you give out alerts, right? How, how do we know that, you know, you're not taking positions or, you're, you know, you're, the people who pay the most are taking a position then everyone else is following in that you're not creating the pump and dump? Because I don't want anybody following my alerts. My, my best traders, my best students are actually short sellers. So, like, we trade different patterns on the same stocks. You should never follow anybody's alerts. Not mine, not anybody's. You have to learn your own process. And this is why I'm so proud to take small positions. I'm proud to donate all of my trading profits to charity. Whether I make the trade, whether I miss the trade, the patterns keep repeating more times than not. And you have to learn from that. And you know that's the beauty of being a trader. That's the beauty of education. Never follow anybody else. You have to learn to be self-sufficient. So when I talk about my students, like, oh, this student made this, this student made this. They don't use me at all. I was their training wheels. They don't even tune into my webinars anymore because I'm just repeating the same rules. Um, education is the key. There's always going to be scammers. There's always going to be uh, companies that are, you know, BS. You can protect yourself through being cynical and getting educated. Never believe, like, you know, I have all these imposters saying, oh, open this shady crypto wallet. And it's like Timothy Sykes 035. And I'm like, I have no other accounts. All my accounts are verified, but if you're educated, if you start understanding how all the shadiest people in the world use crypto, if you get educated and you realize that 99.9% .9 of penny stocks fail, if you start realizing that 90% plus of traders lose, once you start realizing the odds and you start staying cynical, that way you can say, oh, wait a minute, let me, let me think about every single thing I do and you're more meticulous and that increases your odds of success. I would prefer a student who studies all my stuff for six months, nine months, 12 months, does not make a trade or maybe paper trades because they're just learning the process and the patterns. Again, it's not about the money that you make right now. You gotta learn your own patterns. So if you're paper trading five different strategies and then you find the strategy that works best and then you don't go all in, you don't even bet big when you're starting to learn. Let's say you take a hundred shares, you're not gonna make or lose much, but then you start getting real dollar um, you know, betting experience. Paper trading can only teach you so much. You don't get the full psychological, um, you know, education. That's the key. Focusing on education, preparation, and realizing that the odds are terrible unless you are fully prepared. And most people just are not, forget about fully prepared. Most people aren't even partially prepared. So if I can teach one thing, if I can preach one thing, it's recognize that you will probably not make much. You will probably lose your first three months, six months, nine months, if you learn the process properly. Tim Grittani, my top student, 1,500 now into 14 million. He made nothing, nothing his first nine months while he was studying, while he was a part-time, uh, you know, uh, what was it? State Farm insurance sales guy. But he studied and then year two, year three, year four. Then he learned from the first nine months. It's not like he wasn't doing anything. So a lot of this success is the proper mindset in the beginning, the proper preparation so that you can be better prepared years from now. I know I'm repeating myself, but I have to get this point across because so many people just like, oh, I want to get in. I paid for your book. I paid for your course. I should make money right away. No, you're investing in knowledge. You're investing in education. I know it's not the same as medical school, but think about it. People who go to medical school, they're in it for like three, four, five, six, seven, eight, ten 10 years before they ever think about like doing an actual surgery, getting paid to practice medicine. They have the proper mindset. But with trading, you're just clicking a few buttons. It's so easy to bet $5,000, $50,000, $500,000. So there's no barriers to entry. So it all comes down to, are you properly mentally fit to trade? Are you willing to risk your own hard-earned money? Because if you're not careful, if you're not extra careful, that hard-earned money can disappear very quickly in a fast-moving market. 
Well, yeah, I, I think that's all a lot, a lot to think about. And I, I agree with a lot of those points. I mean, um, I think, you know, it's an interesting analogy. You brought up, you know, medical students and doctors, you know, and I, I think, you know, a lot of people go to medical school for a variety of reasons. Maybe they want to help people, but maybe they are motivated by the money. They want, you know, cash, right? They want to, they want to make a long-term success. But no I doctor think, thinks that they're going to make tens of millions of dollars in year one. And yet traders think that they can. Traders are like, this is not a, a, a lifelong profession. They just want the money. They're focused on the money at first. And I have to de-brainwash them from that BS. So, so do you think a lot of the people, I mean, they guess they, they're coming to you because they can believe in that and they do want all that millions of dollars fast. I mean, do you think you're taking, I don't say taking advantage of people, but they, they certainly seem to have an expectation and they're willing to pay money in hopes of a short-term I success. Mean, so I said this to, to Larry King, you know, rest in peace, Larry, he just died. Um, but I said this and I was like, basically I'm, I'm like, you know, tricking bums where like bums, like if you go to them, most of the people like homeless people, I understand it's a big problem, but if you go to most people, like on the street and you offer them two drinks, like a bottle of Jack Daniels or a bottle of like celery juice. They'll choose the Jack Daniels by and large, right? But what if in the Jack Daniels bottle, you put celery juice? So they think they're gonna drink Jack Daniels and then you give them what's actually good for them. So for me, I'm trying to get people to trade, yes. But if you start watching any of my lessons or my watch list or my alerts or all that stuff, it's all gravitated towards conservatism. And I know that sounds crazy as a penny stock trader, but this is how I teach. And you need to get people in the door to even want to learn. How do you get people to want to learn? They want to make money. How do you get them to make money? They have to learn properly. So it's all connected. Um, and I've learned a lot, frankly, over 12 plus years teaching is not an exact science. Everyone learns a little differently. Um, but I think that people's inherent greed and ambition can be utilized to make them better students will which will make them you know, more successful in the long run. If someone's not greedy, if someone's like a communist, they'll be like, why do I want to even like trade? Or, you, you know, everyone should share all the money. Like, I don't want to teach any communists. I tweet this pretty often. I was like, if you're a communist, if you're lazy, if you're a crackhead, if you're a meth head, don't bother me. You know, your, your mindset is all messed up. So I want people who are hungry, but people who are hungry enough to put in that extra time and be patient enough to really do it the right way. I, th I think you, yeah, brought it full circle there. I hope those questions were hard enough for you. You didn't seem to struggle with any of them though. Because this is the beauty of being real in an industry full of fakes. There's all these conspiracy theories. Like people literally think like, I'm putting out a buy alert and they're like, yeah, because you know that these stocks are crap, you're short selling them. I haven't short sold any stock in months. I don't think it's a good strategy for newbies. It doesn't even matter if I make money or lose money on a trade. I donate it all to charity. Obviously I wanna donate the most to charity, but at the same time, I wanna show patterns and strategies. It would actually hurt my business if I profited on a trade and all my students lost on the trade and I bet against them because then they'd be like, screw this guy and they would cancel. I make all my income from teaching. Let me be very clear about that. Most people say that's a negative, like, oh, you just want money for teaching. I want the best students. I'm very happy. I'm very proud to prioritize my students and donate all of my trading profits to charity. I get some hater comments where they're like, you, you make more from teaching than you do from trading. And I'm like, actually, I make nothing from trading because I donate all of the profits these days. That is how my business has evolved, where I can donate more to charity and I can show you know, students that I'm, I'm serious about this. Like a lot of the problem is just trust. Like, even if you sign up for me, half the students are like, I just want to sign up, want to see if you're real or not. They're still doubting me. So every single day I have to prove that I'm real with good patterns, with good rules, with good lessons. And that's what I try to do. Well, that's great. Well, Tim, we've really enjoyed having you on today. I think there's a lot of great knowledge here. If, if people did want to reach out to you, if people wanted to find out more about you, what's the best place for them? Don't, I'm already overwhelmed. <laughs> Go to timothysykes.com, read a ton, watch a ton of videos. If you have any doubts whatsoever, don't bother contacting me. Save yourself the struggle, the frustration, the time, the effort. Um, you know, just don't do it. <laughs> Sounds good. Well, Tim, thank you so much for coming on. I do want to plug real quick. Episode eight, we did have Matt Monaco on. And episode 17, we had Jack Catalog on. It's interesting. That was just a few months ago and where their profits were at there compared to where they're at now. So they, they both struggled for years making hardly anything while studying every single day. 
They trusted me on the process. And now, frankly, they're, they're prepared, but they're taking advantage of the opportunity that exists. Matt Monaco, I mean, he's, I'm trying to edit some of the videos that we filmed. Like we just posted a video on my YouTube channel of him and he was crossing 500,000. Now he's closing in on a million, like two, three months later. And I'm like, no, it's not about the money. It doesn't happen overnight. And he's, he's messing me up. This is just a hot market. You know, this we interviewed him in August when he was crossing 200,000. So this is why I want to crash. You know, this this market is unsustainable. You're all going to lose money. Everyone loses money. Let's focus on that. Let's focus on that. Well, with that, I think we're going to call it here, Tim. Once again, thank you. Really appreciate you coming on. Um, Brian, this is trading for keeps. I'm Brian. And this is Michael. Thanks for listening. Trading for Keeps is not intended as investment advice. It is only intended for entertainment purposes. We do receive some affiliate commissions from links in our show notes.